What's going on, everybody? I'm Will. I'm Matt. I'm Brian. And this is the Carolina Way Podcast. Bernard to the 40. Will they catch him? Inside the 20. Giovanni Bernard. Tar Heels are the national dadgum champions. The ceiling is the roof. That's what it's all about right there. That's on the floor. That's on your shirt. That's in your heart. That's why we're all here. All right, guys. We have our first UNC athlete today. Um, his name is Brian Cameron. He played uh, lacrosse at UNC for the past three years and will now be transferring to Rutgers for his final two years of eligibility. During his three years at UNC, Brian started 15 games, scored 49 goals, and this past season helped lead the Hills to a championship weekend appearance. Thank you for coming on, Brian. Thanks for having me. Excited to talk. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited about it. I know we met uh, at orientation, actually, um, our freshman year. Didn't really have, or for my, on my end of it, didn't really have many people I, I uh, had things in common with, but you were definitely one of the people that we liked sports, and, and uh, we kind of bonded over that. Yeah, I think we started talking about LeBron. Yeah. And my opinion of LeBron has since changed, but <laughs> oh, <laughs> I know uh, you're still a big LeBron fan. LeBron's always a uh, conversation starter. I'll say that. Yeah. <laughs> hey, so sure. is this an is this an anti-LeBron pod? Because I'm all here for it. <laughs> it's about time one of Matt's guests is finally anti-LeBron. No, but uh, Brian, I heard all these stories for years about Matt was just telling me about what a basically horrific experience orientation was all these people were weird freaks <laughs> but then you were the only cool guy <laughs> in the group no, I, I, I hope everybody listens to this that was in our orientation group yeah <laughs> i know i think it was group nine yeah it was definitely an uh, interesting experience could have gotten done a little, little quicker but for sure <laughs> But, um, Brian, we're, we're just going to talk uh, about your time at Carolina today, and uh, we have a few questions for you. So, I know that in high school, you, did you attend two different high schools? Yeah, I went to Brewster Academy uh, my freshman and sophomore year, and then I went to Bishop Gurdon High School. Um, so, I boarded at Brewster, lived up there in Wolfboro, and then uh, lived at home for the last two years uh, and did, like, a 30-minute commute to Nashua. And your dad coached you at, uh, in Nashua, right? Yeah, he did. So I grew up BG, um, Bishop Gurren, we call it BG. Um, I grew up, basically, he coached there in 2004 uh, until present. So I, I grew up watching and practicing with them all the time. So I always wanted to go to BG, uh, but it was a really hard academic school. And I wanted to make sure um, that I get the right academic support and uh, that kind of thing. So that's why I went to Brewster for a couple of years. And it was a great experience there. Um, it was awesome. I know... Uh, now I mentioned earlier about Donovan Mitchell. Um, he was one of, like, Donovan Mitchell is so cool. We played lacrosse uh, at the turf field all the time. But um, along with that, like, they had five other guys that were really good at basketball too. So it was, it was just a great experience. How uh, was it playing for your dad there? It was good. It was great. Um, we had definitely – a lot of people say, you know, if, we, if you want to talk lacrosse outside, uh, we're going to – or you want to talk lacrosse, let's go to the – garage because we're not talking about it in the house but that was very different in our house like I played with my brother too um so we were all in the same house and lacrosse was a constant topic and I still call him coach today because I don't want to call him dad on the field so I never I don't usually call him dad I just call him coach so. <laughs> <That's funny. laughs> 
So was lacrosse always the sport? Was that the sport you always knew you wanted to play? I mean, let's be honest, you're an athletic guy. You probably could have played any, uh, any sport you wanted to. Was it the only sport you played, and was it always the one that you were going to go 100% in? Yeah, I guess uh, up until sixth grade, um, it was whatever was in season, lacrosse and basketball. So I would um, – I loved basketball. I would say basketball was my main sport. Um, and then I kind of quickly realized that, like, I, it's such a specialized sport that I couldn't uh, just play uh, – I had to play lacrosse too. So I was getting kind of passed by. Um, with, from a skill set standpoint where I was a good shooter and then I would go to lacrosse season, come back and like all of a sudden I couldn't shoot. So like by seventh grade, um, I wasn't a very good shooter, but I still had a lot of fun with it. But at, at some point I had to decide, okay, what's a better future for me? Am I going to be a D1 basketball player, um, which is like much harder to do, or am I going to commit to lacrosse? And that's um, what I ended up doing. And it all worked out because – I mean, by your – I think it was your 10th grade year in high school, you were getting pretty highly recruited, right? Yeah, well, back then it was – the rules have changed where now it's September 1st of your junior year. But um, I was committed almost in eighth grade that summer going into my freshman year. Um, that's when my whole class basically committed. Um, and now it's funny. I'm coaching Tomahawks, which is an AAU travel club program, and I watch these kids going into freshman year, and I'm, I'm going, how – how could a coach has ever recruited these kids? Some guys are, you know, have already hit their growth spurt. Other guys are like, look like little boys. So it's, <laughs> it's crazy how coaches were able to project the best players um, then. And obviously there's some mistakes, but um, I'm glad those rules have changed. So what was the recruiting process like for your whole team? Uh, so I guess in middle school, instead of doing AAU tournaments and whatnot in high school, mm-hmm. like maybe sophomore year, you're doing it now in seventh grade. Yeah. Seventh grade, we did a couple kind of like, here's a taste of it. And then that uh, summer going into freshman year, high school was like the big one where if you, you had to really perform. Um, and if you did well, then, you know, ACC, Big Ten, and uh, those are the main schools that summer. And then if you're not ACC, Big Ten, the other conferences were kind of that fall. And then um, and, and that's kind of how it started. What made you pick UNC ultimately? Yeah, I guess – it was the, it's the best. I mean, you go to the campus, it's like, you can't, it's the best campus there is. Um, along with that, you know, uh, unbelievable academics and then an opportunity to compete for a national championship every single year. Um, so there's really like when people ask me that question, it's like, I say everything because it's really the best university um, in the, in the country. Did you uh, visit a lot of campuses or, or did you cut your list pretty short? Did you know right away, like, what you wanted? Yeah, it's tough because I, I definitely wanted to go uh, compete for a national championship, so ACC, Big Ten. Um, but at the same point, you can't visit 20 different schools. So I did cut my list, um, and it ended up being between Virginia and UNC. Um, so uh, I, I guess if I had gone to Virginia, I would have two national championships right now. But um, uh, I, I'm glad I chose UNC. You can't look back. You're, you've done great, it seems. Yeah. All right, so that first year at Carolina, how much of an adjustment was that just playing? I mean, you played high-level high school lacrosse, but still this is a whole nother level. How was that? Yeah, well, I guess in high school I had the ball in my stick 90% of the time, and I'm going to the goal and, you know, initiating offense about 90% of the time, 10% of the time I'm off ball. Whereas in college it's the exact reverse. About 10% of the time I have the ball, and then 
so getting used to playing off ball and playing with and not that he didn't play with other great players but um it's definitely I guess the skill level is the same when you're playing like elite level club everybody's had you want at those tournaments and stuff and, and in high school there's a lot of good players but so from a skill standpoint it wasn't that big of a difference but I would just say adjusting to the system of not having the, the ball in my stick uh, and, and getting used to playing off ball would be the biggest difference for me. Yeah. And like the, a bunch of high school, like especially basketball, like hoop mixtapes that they put together. It's a lot of maybe dunking and like some athleticism and whatnot. And then once you get to division one basketball, division one lacrosse, then all of a sudden everyone has that level of athleticism. So it's kind of yeah. taken away. Do you think that some people, on the team kind of struggled with that once they got in that um, they, maybe they, like you said, they were used to getting the ball 9% of the time. They could just use their athleticism or skill set, but now all of a sudden someone was, could shut them down at that front. Yeah. There's definitely guys that, well, it's, a, it's all dep- like uh, on what you're made of. If you go in and you're an Under Armour All-American and you expect to go in and start right away, like you're dead wrong. Cause there's so many guys that are that, have that high level like you were talking about that are these all-americans and we're on all these highlight tapes then all of a sudden they get to college they're not the guy okay well now you got to adjust and I think a good portion of them do but there's definitely some that kind of melt down and and just say um I didn't are just kind of happy with um what they are right now because everybody's always getting better and um that's the biggest thing it's like if you're on the hype train in high school and everybody's posting about you and stuff, that means doesn't really mean that you're going to be good in college. It's all about, like, that development um, during the, the last couple of years. So your freshman year at Carolina, if I read right, your only game you started was Duke. Is that correct? That is correct, yeah. So how did that feel? That had to be, uh, you know, absolutely insane. Yeah. What it seems like. Yeah, it was crazy. Um we were Andy Matthews, who's our senior captain. Um, he, he kind of – we had three freshman attackmen at that. So, three freshman attackmen started that game, uh, Jacob Kelly and Nicky Solomon. So, he was kind of our leader, and um, he, was a, he was a senior captain, as I said. So, um, he was going through, like, a calf injury, and we weren't really sure. It was kind of a game-time decision. And then um, coach told me in warm-ups. So, obviously, I was excited. But at the same point, I was just ready to go in the game. Um, it's just nice knowing, like, coming off the bench, it's, it is tough you don't know when you're going to get in and it's a little bit of a shorter leash. Um, whereas this, that game I had, it was like, okay, you guys, you three attack when you guys are just going out there and um, do what you can do. And um, it was, it was great. I mean, we won the game 10, eight and uh, Andy was definitely there helping us out, um, seeing, seeing different things. And uh, I thought we handled it very well. Nice. Is, I know we'll put this question in. Is Duke for y'all? Everybody, all the fans know that Duke and Carolina basketball is like the big thing on campus, right? Mm-hmm. But for lacrosse, is Duke just another game, or is that a whole other level compared to some of the games y'all play? Yeah. So I guess when I was thinking about this question, I think about the three times we played Duke. The first time was the game I started. So for me, I felt like it was a step up. But also to any of those ACC games, it's packed house. ESPNU, ESPN, and it's definitely the, any. I'd say any of those ACC games, like it can't really get more intense than them. Um, so from that standpoint, and then the other two times to play them, it was the first time it was a UNC Duke game that was one versus two. I, we were one, they were two. Um, so from that standpoint, that had a lot of hype to it. And then the the next time we played them was the ACC championship, 
um, this past year. So I would definitely say that uh, the times that we played Duke were – it was definitely a little bit bigger than, than any other game. And then going into sophomore season, um, I'm trying to think, was that COVID year? Yeah, yeah right? Yep. Yeah. So you only played seven games, but you started all seven games, and it seems like you had a great, you know, seven games. Uh, you finished the season with 15 points, 11 ground balls, two calls turnovers. You were number one on the team uh, uh, in on-goal shooting percentage. So you had a great season. What did that season, though, look like with COVID? Like, what was a normal COVID day, like, as a student athlete? Um, so I guess – uh, this past so with COVID uh, this past season it was just kind of like uh, you had practice it was honestly besides testing and then masks in the weight room it was all the same um, besides you know when we first got there um, we were in bubbles and everybody was distanced and you had to have masks but once everybody started testing negative we could then start doing more and more group activities and um, once we got kind of in the flow with uh, you know everybody tested negative we were essentially our own bubble so like we weren't allowed to have contact with anybody basically anywhere um we were a bubble so uh from that standpoint it was basically pretty pretty normal um other than the online classes but um yeah i mean i thought it, we had testing obviously and then the mass indoors to the weight room but other than that i mean it was it was relatively normal surprisingly yeah yeah as students it felt like at least one of my biggest concerns was just like the paranoia of potentially having it. And then in between your testing dates, because I think we're in the fall, there was no mandatory test for students at least, but in the spring there was some. So most of it for me was making sure that if I was seeing someone that no one actually like had COVID in that situation. And then all of a sudden I'd have to make all my sweet mates quarantine. Uh, yeah. Thank goodness I didn't have to do that. But yeah, no, I, I think that was like a big component is, having like a bubble like that yeah definitely and I don't know if you guys know Nando's Donuts have you heard of that Nando's Nuts yeah so I live I live at Nando's um so I live upstairs and I was always a little bit concerned because my roommate Diego who lives right next to me is constantly handing out donuts for three hours every Sunday I'm like Diego you better just like keep your distance or work in the back because the last thing I need is you having a customer you know, here's your donut, here's your big city, and then all of a sudden um, we get it. So that was the only uh, thing I was really worried about because with online classes and going to practice, I really didn't go go anywhere. Um, I just stayed in my bubble, which I'm pretty good about. Man, I got to hear about this. So how are the donuts? I've never had them, but I've had plenty of friends posted on their stories. Yeah. And are you cut in on this commission stream <laughs> on uh, of the revenues? Yeah, well – uh, the donuts at the first couple of weeks, it was just like our lacrosse team and then like the girls uh, team uh, and all the athletes that kind of live around and they made 300 donuts and there, there was 50 that were sold. So I guess whatever the math is, that was the amount of donuts left. So we just had the donuts sitting and like the rest of the day, I was like, we, we all had so many donuts, but as the Sundays kind of went on, all the girls posted on their Instagram stories and then, um, there was no donuts. Every donut that we ate was a dollar wasted. Uh, so there was no real don donuts to waste there. And I, I tried not to, especially like in season, I tried not to uh, have the donuts, even though they're, as Diego would say, they give you superpowers and all that. They're uh, looking forward to the fall at Nando's, but 
I do, not, like I do not have a new commission either. I don't have a commission. Oh, have oh man, that's brutal. <laughs> well, before NIL, I guess he couldn't have commission, right? Yeah, yeah. But. yeah. Um, so you just named like uh, a cool little memory. What are some of your favorite memories on and off the field during your uh, three years in Carolina? Yeah, well, I guess we already hit on it. The, the win versus Duke at home would be uh, probably the number one. Uh, just because it doesn't really get better than that. And then the other one versus Duke and the ACC championship. So those would probably be the two um, lacrosse memories. And then I guess just um, all the time with like my friends and my, my teammates, um, that's kind of the stuff that in the locker room and outside the fields and just talking with my, my roommates, Henry and Harrison a lot. And those are the, that, those are the memories that I'll really, uh, and the friendships that I'll, that will last a lifetime. Um, that I think are the most valuable. Nice. And I like, I, I just saw this question that Will wrote down. I really like this. So if you were guaranteed one. Oh man, I, I didn't give him a heads up on this one. I'm uh, sorry. Uh, well, you, you'll, we'll give you time to think about it if you need it, but if you're guaranteed one win next season, which team are you picking? For, so like NCAA lacrosse? Yeah, NCAA lacrosse. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, is that hard? <laughs> wait, so you mean, so one win, so like, explain it more. So my, yeah, so looking at the schedule next year, it doesn't have to be someone that you're actually playing or not playing, okay. but if you got to schedule this team and you knew you would beat them, who would you want to play against? Oh, uh, well. It's, a, it's another way of asking you who's your most favorite team. And, and you can say <laughs> North Carolina. You're allowed to say guess, North Carolina. I guess, so Rutgers, um, we like the Rutgers. We beat them in overtime in the quarterfinal. So, and then playing against UNC, I that would be cool. I mean, I, I yeah. I'm always in the root for UNC, so I can't say I would want to beat UNC. Um, but any ACC team, and I think Maryland, uh, I would love to beat Maryland because we played them in my freshman year and we got absolutely blown out at at Maryland. So, um, I guess I would say Maryland, and then. I think playing UNC would be really fun. I'm not going to say I want to. I want to beat them, but oh, uh, you can say that. It would <laughs> definitely be a, a fun game to. Uh, yeah, it would be fun. That's awesome. Oh, I got some questions about that later, but um, <laughs> let's see here. Yeah, so one that I kind of did hint on a little bit earlier. Did you like playing in? Let's see. So, how, what season did you have to play in Keenan Stadium? Like the whole year, your freshman year. Yeah, freshman year, yeah. Okay, so you had that. Um, I guess training was going on at Keenan as well with the grass, not turf fields yet. Huh. And then you went to Dorrance Field this past season, and then you also got the indoor facility. Where did you like playing the most? Um, well, my freshman year uh, up until we played in Keenan, and that was grass. So when it was grass versus grass, uh, it was Dorrance, uh, Dorrance Field 100%. Um, but – I the turf the grass is is more built towards like a soccer type of field so the grass is a little shorter I find that it's a little bit harder to cut and make moves especially when it's raining and they do a great job keeping it up but there's you can't beat the turf that they had in Keenan so I like I guess my answer would be I like the atmosphere of Dorrance uh there's there's not you can't beat it the fans are right on top of you it's a perfect size stadium um but I guess I like the the surface at Keenan better for playing. And how was it playing with no fans? How was it a lot different for you or were you like, Oh, this is just, you know, you still got to get the job done. Yeah, it wasn't the same. It really wasn't. Uh, 
like when we when we lost to Duke in overtime, uh, they scored the game winning goal and they didn't lo- allow not even parents, nobody. They didn't allow a single fan and they scored the goal and it was like that was it. Like it was just really weird. And then we look on Instagram and everybody's talking about the game, but it was so weird because there's literally nobody there. So um, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't the same. But it, once we got our fans back for I think the Air Force game, we had a lot of fans and and then. And especially in Keenan too, was like we don't fill the, fill the place. So any fan that wanted to come was able to to get in. Nice. How what did uh y'all had a very successful season? I mean, how did making it a championship weekend appearance this year feel? What was that experience like? Um, and it, was that one of the most rare uh, of your lacrosse career? Was that one of the most rare things you've ever been a part of? Yeah, for sure. I mean, basically. Uh, not every year, but a lot of the years it's at Gillette. So my family would always travel down and uh, we, I would go there every single year watching the teams, trying to play like the players that were there and go to the fan fest. And to finally play at the final four was a dream come true. And uh, Hubert Davis, coach Davis talked to us uh, before we went and he said, I played in pro, I played 12 years in the NBA and coached and done all this. My favorite sports experience was playing in the final four to this day. And, uh, we definitely felt that when you look behind the bench and there's a sea of, and it was raining that day, but it was, it gives you goosebumps thinking about like the amount of people that were there um, supporting you. And it was also closer to home. So all my friends came um, and they were all cheering me on, which was, which was really special. I forgot y'all uh, got to hear from coach Davis. So you're, you actually could speak a little bit on uh, what do you think of coach Davis this upcoming season? Was he a great speaker? Do you think he, uh, big yeah. expectations? Yeah, it's back to back. Uh, we we had Mac Brown uh, oh, yeah. before Rutgers, and then we had Hugh Davis before uh, Virginia. But um, yeah, I mean, I went to his house for like a cookout or an AIA thing, AIA, nice. uh, a couple years ago. He's like an amazing guy. I think he's gonna do great. Uh, he, he when he talks, everybody listens, and he has a cool way about him where like people can relate to him, um, and he's not like above anyone. It was he's very personable and. I def I definitely liked him a lot. I think I think he'll do great. I hate to do this to you, but sorry, Will. Uh, who was the better speaker, Huber or Mac? Uh, well, they had different they had different messages. I would say Mac Brown's was it was it's crazy. It opened my eyes because it was so everything he said was so simple. Like he he went back to different stores and national championships, which was really cool his experience. But everything he said was so simple. It was like you guys. Your dreams to win a national championship, your goal is to beat Rutgers. So you don't need to do anything crazy to beat Rutgers, just beat Rutgers. That was basically a speech, whereas uh, Hubert Davis had a little more um, – it, was, it wasn't it, – it was t- talking more about, like, a book that he read and a message. And it was – I thought both of them are unique in their ways. I'm not going to say one was better than the other. Um, but I, both of them got me really fired up. It's like Great answer. Fired. I didn't mean to push you in that corner, but I had to yeah. ask that question. Yeah. <laughs> How cool is it that you have Matt Brown coming in one game, Hubert Davis coming in the next game? I mean, where else can you get that? Yeah, nowhere, nowhere. No other no other schools. Uh, and just the overall, like, everybody in Carolina Blue, everybody supports everyone. And it just – it's an amazing – it's just an amazing place. Well, moving on to your next two years, you are transferring to Rutgers. Um, as you said – uh, Carolina did knock them out of the tournament last year, and I know Rutgers has big expectations for this upcoming year. 
what are your uh, goals for the next two years at Rutgers? Yeah, so I get, the goal is to win the Big Ten and national championship, and I guess uh, we're really close. I can't wait. This fall, I'm going to be at Carolina, um, just training by myself. I'm going to graduate, and then um, I'm going to go to Rutgers in January, and it's going to be a little bit weird because I haven't met any of the guys, so hopefully this fall I could get on Zooms, maybe go down there a couple weekends, uh, get to know them, um, and then – uh, we're going to hunt. I mean, we're, we're this close to winning the uh, quarterfinals, getting into championship weekend. So um, definitely want to build on that. And there's some talented players. Um, it's gritty. Uh, their, their, their facility is amazing. Their new facility. Um, but from what I hear, all the guys are, all the guys are great. And uh, yeah, we're, uh, we're looking forward to making a push for it. Yes. Yeah, so I got, I guess, two questions for you. Um, I guess in some like travel ball circuits and whatnot, you might get to know a lot of people like you hear that with basketball that all these top guys know each other and everything. They're going to top schools. So do you really, does the, the lacrosse community kind of know about each other? Um, do you know guys basically maybe on each of the different ACC teams that you're playing against um, that you may have played with or against in high school? Mm -hmm. um, and does that translate to Rutgers as well? And um, how did the recruiting process work uh, to go to Rutgers? Okay, so the first part, lacrosse is even – is the small – it's a – the community is so tight-knit that everybody knows everybody. And especially there's – it's growing uh, significantly, but a lot of the guys are from either Maryland, New York, PA. So everybody kind of knows somebody on each team. Um, so I have a – uh, one of the face-off guys coming in is from New Hampshire. So I know um, Luke Romanak, so he's going to be at Rutgers. Um, but as far as like the other ACC teams, I knew a couple of the guys, um, but I played against all of them. Uh, so I know, I knew all of them, uh, their playing style and everything. I, and on the club circuit for so long, you end up playing with them at some point or another. Um, so playing with, or most, most of the time against them. And then what was the other part of the question? There? Oh, yeah. Sorry. And then the other question was, what was, like, the recruiting oh, okay. timeline, I guess, by Rutgers? Like, when do you, like, enter the portal? When do they contact you? Um, did other schools contact you? Like, kind of like, how does that work? Yeah, so um, so I guess after the season, um, it, was definitely a, it was definitely, like, a sad week just because Carolina was so special to me. Um, and like the, the group of guys and the coaches and there was nothing like, Oh, I don't like this school or I didn't play enough or it, it was, there was none of that. Like I loved my experience at Carolina. Um, but it was, I just decided if I'm probably not going to do my fifth year at UNC um, and Rutgers has a style that really fits my, uh, they play, they call it the NASCAR offense and they really let their guys go. Um, and let their guys play and they're losing all three attack man and it's close to my brother who's gonna be at Princeton and, and my family in Long Island so it's it's always a great fit so I after um, I told the coaches um, and my team I decided to look and I didn't want to kind of open it up and make it a big thing I knew I had a list of schools that where I wanted to go so in the portal there's a contact and a non-contact so I put the non-contact and then just emailed the schools that I uh, had on my list and Rutgers is one of them so it wasn't the coaches, I guess, weren't allowed to contact me unless I contacted them first. Um, so that was the process I went. And then 
Rutgers was my number one school, um, along with a, a couple others. They were kind of equal, um, but once Rutgers and I really talked um, with the coaching staff, and like I just said, the, the reasons that I mentioned, um, it's definitely it's going to be a great fit for me. I know you had to be excited about being closer to home too. I, I know that's. I mean, North Carolina's pretty dang far away from you know. You're from? Are you from New Hampshire? Yeah, I'm from New yeah, Hampshire. So that's a, a long way. Um, but the next two years does provide an opportunity with the NIL name, image, and likeness. Have you thought about that any? Do you have any uh, things you're you're wanting to do, or, or how does that go? Yeah, well, I understand. Like right now, I'm not an all-American level player, so especially in lacrosse, I am, I would imagine like Chris Gray and and those types of guys will be getting uh, deals. But for right now, there you know, there's definitely like some companies that will reach out. Um, I think. Honestly, I think it's getting a little bit crazy with like I'm Barstool this or I'm I'm this, I'm partner with this nutrition I'm that and like I I want to just if I want to get really good to the point where like I am a player that's an all American level player that like brands are actually you know wanting me um, and so uh, I guess that yeah like there has been a couple um, like lacrosse things that have reached out to me and I'm gonna do a couple of those but. Um, I definitely don't want to like rush into anything that is that just like the new wave, like the barstool thing is cool, but they're signing everyone. So I don't really know what they're going to do with that. Um, but yeah, I just definitely, I think it's going to be, it's going to be great, but I want to make sure like everybody, I, I just want to get to a level where I'm making, where, you know, they could come to me and, and make an actual deal instead of like doing these fake five or six fake deals is basically what I'm saying. Yeah. So like everybody, I, I get what you're saying. So kind of the Barstool athlete, I think is awesome. You are a Barstool athlete. Is that right? Yeah. Well, they sent me an email um, and I said, okay. And then they hadn't posted it in like a couple of weeks. So I just took it off. Um, it well, would be cool, but I don't really know. <laughs> I get what you're saying. Like they're kind of just handing it out. And yeah, you're also exactly. kind of rare. And I mean, there's no doubt that you're going to be one of the best lacrosse players in the country. I mean, you were great at Carolina. So you want something that, hey, when you have that name, people want to, not just because you're some random lacrosse player, but because you are that guy. Is that what you're yeah. saying? Yeah. My first deal will be a deal that's like an actual deal. That's yeah. my goal. And I'm working not for that, but that will be a reward um, yeah. for all the work that I'm putting in. That's awesome. Absolutely. Is there maybe uh a dream offer that you'd hope for um doesn't have to be realistic whatsoever yeah. dream uh well i guess my first thing would be like nike or one of those um i'm trying to it's Rutgers. Of, is Rutgers in nike school no they're actually not Rutgers is adidas oh man yeah no i like adidas um any of those big big things would be would be really cool and then maybe like a lacrosse ball company um that like i'll make two posts and they give me a bag of balls every month i think that would be a, a not a dream like it's that's more of a short short-term thing i have in my mind like okay i'll use your balls if you give me um if i i'll yeah if you give me a box of balls i'll make some posts um that would definitely be something i'd love to do um but yeah, I guess any of those big companies would be really cool if they started a lacrosse thing and I eventually like, took my game to the next level. I would love to do one of those. 
Give me that Brian Cameron uh, lacrosse jersey ASAP. That's what yeah. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, um, Will, did you have anything else that you were thinking of? Or? Um, nothing particular. Uh, Brian, was there anything you wanted to ask us or anything you wanted to bring up? Or, or we no, I love what you guys are doing. How long have you been doing the pod for? Ooh, so we've done first week in January. Episodes. Yeah, first week of January, right around there. Okay. We've done an episode every week. We start out with the um, Orange Bowl breakdown after the Texas A&M game, and then we just continue that throughout the basketball season. And now we got into the end of the season. Had the Roy news, so that was good for some content, like for three oh, yeah. weeks. Um, and then the Hubert news is good for a couple weeks. But now in the summer, we've been trying to get some guests on. Um, do like some drafts each week and stuff, and then building up for football. Awesome, love it. We well, appreciate gotta, you being the first athlete. That's that's big time because we. This is definitely it's an honor. It's do. an honor. We want to uh, have like current athletes at Carolina on the show and things like that. So appreciate you doing that. Awesome. Well, thanks for having me. It's been good talking. Oh, yeah. Thank you.